0: Josh, are you up there? Go ahead and play this video. This we're we're not gonna play a video every week, but these. uh, If y'all never heard of the Bible Project, it's a. It's like a ministry. It's like a. Does anybody ever use it? Yeah. Yeah, it's real. uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. It's good. It's Um, it's thorough. Oh, it's very thorough. It's kind of. it's very thorough, but in a very concise way. Like, yeah,
1: they, they do a lot of discussions and stuff, and they, they thoroughly go through stuff. I've been listening to them talking about the dragon imagery the Bible. I've, been in the dream Bible. And I've been listening to that for weeks you now. It's just, just a
0: lot of those. Yeah, if you go to their website, they have every book of the Bible summarized, some of them in two parts, like Genesis is in two parts. Uh, but most of the videos are 10 minutes long and they're, they're good and this is one of them so kick it off there Joshua please
2: the book of Proverbs the word proverb typically refers to a short clever saying that offers some kind of wisdom This book has a lot of those, but they're almost all in the center section of the book, chapters 10 to 29. But there is way more going on in the book of Proverbs, especially at the beginning, chapters 1 through 9, and the conclusion, chapters 30 and 31. The book's been designed with an introduction, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And it first of all links this book to King Solomon. Now remember the story in 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon had asked God for wisdom to lead Israel well. And so Solomon became known as the wisest man in the ancient world. And we're told in 1 Kings chapter four that he wrote thousands of proverbs and poems and collected knowledge about plants and animals. So Solomon was like the fountainhead of Israel's wisdom literature. So while not all the material in this book is written by him personally, he is where Israel's wisdom tradition began. The introduction says that by reading this book, you too can gain wisdom. Now, wisdom for most of us means knowledge, but the Hebrew word chokmah means much more than just mental activity. It refers to action also, so think skill or applied knowledge. This is why back in the book of Exodus, chapter 31, it was artists and craftsmen in Israel who were said to have chokmah. So the purpose of this book is to help you develop a set of practical skills for living well in God's world. And this gets linked with another key idea in the introduction, the fear of the Lord. Now, fear here is not about terror. It's about a healthy sense of reverence and awe for God and about my place in the universe. It's a moral mindset that recognizes I am not God and that I don't get to make up my own definitions of good and evil and right and wrong. Rather, I need to humble myself before God and embrace God's definition of right and wrong, even when that's inconvenient for me. Now, this introduction leads us into the first main section of the book, chapters 1 through 9, which also doesn't contain short, one-liner proverbs. Rather, what we find here are 10 speeches from a father to a son about how the son should listen to wisdom and cultivate the fear of the Lord and live accordingly, which means a life of virtue and integrity and generosity, all of which lead to success and peace. The father warns his son also about folly and evil and stupid decisions that will breed selfishness and pride, all leading to ruin, and shame. And so the son should make the pursuit of wisdom and the fear of the Lord his highest goal in life. And this way of thinking informs the moral logic of this entire book. Now these speeches from the Father also clue us into what biblical wisdom literature is and how it's different from other parts of the Bible. These books explore how to live well in God's world, but wisdom is not the same as law like what Moses gave Israel at Mount Sinai. And it's not the same as prophecy, divine speech to God's people. Rather, wisdom literature has the accumulated insight of God's people through the generations about how to live in a way that honors God and others. And so, through the book of Proverbs now, these human words about wisdom have been put together as God's word and wisdom to his people, which connects to the other thing you find in chapters one through nine. There are four poems from lady wisdom. Here wisdom has been poetically personified as a woman who calls out to humanity to pay attention and to seek her. Wisdom says that she is woven into the fabric of the universe, and so wherever you see people making wise decisions, they are relying on her. So you see someone being generous or having sexual integrity or upholding justice, they are drawing on wisdom. These lady wisdom poems, they're a creative poetic way of exploring this idea that we live in God's moral universe and that goodness and justice are objective realities that we ignore to our own peril. And so fearing the Lord, living wisely, it's living along the grain of the universe. Now together, these two sets of speeches from the Father and Lady Wisdom, they make a powerful claim about this book, that you're not simply reading good advice, you're reading God's own invitation to learn wisdom from previous generations. And so in the next section of the book, chapters 10 through 21, of ancient proverbs and they apply wisdom and the fear of the lord to every life topic you could imagine family work neighborhood friendship sex marriage money anger forgiveness alcohol debt everything and these are all filtered through the value system of proverbs 1 through 9 Now, these proverbs, they're all pretty short, they're easy to memorize, and actually this section of the book is meant to become a reference work that you return to time and time again throughout the years, which raises some important issues in learning how to read these proverbs. First of all, proverbs are by nature about probabilities. So you fear the Lord and you make wise, good choices, things will likely go well for you. And if you don't fear the Lord, you're foolish, your life will likely not go so well. Now, that is all often true, but not always. Which leads to the next point. The proverbs are not promises, they're not formulas for success. So, some proverbs, for example The fear of the Lord prolongs your life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Or, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't turn from it. So, yes. Fearing God, being a moral person, will most likely lead to a better and longer life, and raising your kids in a stable, loving home does set them up well, but there are no guarantees. Lots of things can and often do go wrong in our world. And so lastly, proverbs by nature focus on the general rule, but not the exceptions, which are many. And the wisdom books actually aren't ignorant of that. The exceptions are what the other wisdom books, Job and Ecclesiastes, are all about. And together, these acknowledge that life is too complex for simple formulas, which is why we need all of the wisdom books together to get the bigger picture. This all leads to the final section of the book, two large collections of poems. First, poems from a man named Agur, who begins by acknowledging his own ignorance and folly and his great need for God's wisdom. And then Agur discovers that divine wisdom has been given to him in the scriptures, which teach him how to live well. And so Agur is put before us as like a model reader of the book of Proverbs, somebody who's always open to hearing God's wisdom through the scriptures. The final poems are connected to a man named Lemuel. He's a non-Israelite king. And he passes on the wisdom that was given to him by his mom. It's guidance for being a wise and just leader. And then the final poem is an acrostic or an alphabet poem where each line begins with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And the entire poem's about the woman of noble character. It depicts a woman who lives according to the wisdom of Proverbs and stands like a model of someone who takes God's wisdom and then translates it into practical decisions in everyday life, at work or at home in her family, and in her community. So the book opened with words from a father to a son about listening to Lady Wisdom. And so now the book closes by offering the words of a mother to her son about a woman who lives wisely. The book of Proverbs is for every person in every season of life. It's a guide for living wisely and well in God's good. And that's what the book of Proverbs is all about. Of that Bible project has
0: summaries just like that one for every book of the Bible. Could you see how that would be of great benefit to you? Just like last week, how I was talking about how if I didn't read this overview in the front page of my Bible, I wouldn't have had the same perception or perspective, I guess, of uh, some of the points that were made in chapter one. So, we have a quiz. I just built it. What, what are the other two uh, wisdom literature books, other than Proverbs? Yeah. Yep, and then, I lost one. Oh, what was the Hebrew word for wisdom? He said, yeah. K H M A. Hokmah, I think. I'm not a language guy, but yeah. I just thought it was Hokmah. Yes. Exactly. Hey, you guys. Come on in. Where you been? Hey, I have your money. Don't let me forget it. Okay, so I'm echoing again. I, only, I never hear myself echoing from up there, but I always hear myself echoing right here. So from last week, remember we talked about the wise, the simple, and the fool. Does anybody remember the point I made about or that we made about those three? A wise person is doing what or how invested is a wise person? in the things of God. The wise person is fully invested, right? And the simple was halfway invested and the fool was not invested at all. So remember we asked, where do you fall in this? Hopefully you're not a fool, but we have sometimes have some simple tendencies. So. Sort like
3: the hearts of Saul, David, and... Solomon.
0: Yeah. So chapter one verse seven says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge," and that was a good verse. That's a kind of a, a key verse of, of the book of Proverbs. So this week we're in chapter two, and I was as I was getting this ready, I thought, "Are we really going to go through every single book of Proverbs?" And my answer to that is, "I don't know." Every single chapter, I don't. I think I said book, but I don't know that we'll cover every one. But, um, I'll just, I'll just, as I'm reading it, if I think, I think once we get past, uh, chapter nine, I think it'll, it'll get hard to cover every single verse. So, uh, anyway, we are going to cover chapter two tonight. So I will read it. Proverbs chapter two. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding." He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perseverance—no, per, I'm sorry—perverseness of evil. Is that how you said that word?
2: Yeah.
0: Perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death, and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good, and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. So... (coughs) Verses 1 through 4, I have noted here that these verses call us to seek wisdom diligently. Verse 4 and 5 says, If you seek wisdom like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Solomon is comparing wisdom to silver and treasure. Now, I have noted here that I would say that our greatest earthly treasure would be the American dollar. If, if I told everybody that there was $10 million buried on the church property and I started passing out shovels, I would guess that most of us would grab a hold of one of those shovels and start digging. Would you? You
4: can find after So
0: about as we think about this treasure, this worldly treasure, how, how do we perceive wisdom? Do we put the same energy into treasures of the kingdom of God that we would put into... Uh, the, do, we, do we put that same amount of effort into seeking wisdom that we would put into digging for $10 million? I'm scared to answer that because I probably don't do that. So are we willing to put in the work for those treasures we would all dig for 10 million dollars until our hands bled and our backs broke but how much energy are we putting into attaining wisdom so question number one for the evening is what are you doing or what are you willing to do to gain godly wisdom and what should we be doing what are you doing to gain wisdom godly wisdom
4: attending church reading Reading the Bible, praying, hanging out, and having discussions with folks and living life, I guess. I put
0: <laughs> Rodney the only one?
3: I'm well, seeking that godly wisdom for a more mature uh, Christian, somebody who's been in person, not, not just biologically older, I mean, because there might be people that. Are younger that have you know been a Christian longer that have you know a more a stronger faith and more mature. So just seeking out those that have the matureness um, and getting wisdom from them and guidance from them. I'd say being
0: introspective? Like really analyzing where you're at. You have to <clears throat> always assess yourself. Yeah. Your own personal
4: values. You do it in everything, I think. You should. Examine
0: yourself and where you're at, I think. Mm-hmm. Anybody else?
4: Serving in the church. And you know actually kindness helping somebody out.
0: I think
1: growing
0: a mustache. Yep. Yeah, mustache definitely brings wisdom. There is a proverb about gray hair. Does anybody know that one? It's in there. Somebody try to find that and It's about the silver when the cord is broken and silver hair. I'm not sure it's some it's a sign of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a guy in the old church I said uh, he was like the the business guy. He was like the Susan Shepherd of the church, I reckon. I, I said uh, something like, I, I, I read him the proverb, and I said, you must be real wise, Johnny, because he's full of gray hair. But. Proverbs 16.31, gray hair is a crown of glory. It is
1: gained by living a godly God. There's also one in Proverbs 20.29. 20,
0: <laughs> there's a lot of wisdom, I see a lot of wisdom in this room, yeah, don't tell <laughs> me do a lot of exceptions. Well remember it said uh, Proverbs is probability, it's not, what was it not? I can't remember, what did it say? It wasn't. Oh yeah, probability not a promise. I still believe you're wise even though you don't have hair. <laughs> So my answers were what to, to the question, what are we willing to do to gain godly wisdom? My, I put appropriate answers would be praying diligently, fasting, studying the word, uh, going to retreats, Christian retreats, or mission trips, or serving, or just being involved in the church, being here, showing up, showing up, committing to learn, uh, committing to conversations with people, hard conversations, uh, admitting that, you're not where you want to be and, and seeking counsel and and things like that that's that's how we gain godly wisdom well, I on yourself now, you do yeah. yeah me too i especially did that i did you all enjoy jared this weekend yeah so as he's up here preaching i'm just not i'm not trying to be like ah he's so much better than me but like i get down a little bit on myself because um, I just don't feel like I'm showing excitement a lot of the time. I am excited about being here. I'm excited about preaching, but I think my biology is just stoic. I like to joke around and have fun, but like there there's a difference there. But and then to see somebody with a whole lot of energy, excited energy is a is a big challenge for me because I, it, the temptation is to get up here and act, to get up here and act like a fool so that i can look like somebody else you know and that's
3: and not as a racial thing and you know, have you ever seen a black creature not be excited like
0: that well honestly i've not seen a lot of black creatures personally but uh, I, I just connected with him well the first time we met, and I thought, this guy is real. He's not messing around, and uh, that was really the connection.
3: Yeah, years back, we had the one that came in for a few revivals. What Jerome, your role? What was your role? That's a rank, please. That's a rank. That's Get out of here, Tom. Good. That's one of the Good.
1: other God. examples. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But he was good. And what, 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 I don't remember what. What caused me to bring that up?
1: You yeah, remember that?
0: Somebody tell me what. Yeah. He, he?
1: He's he found that comfort level. <laughs> yeah. In, in year, saying, hey, you yeah. You know, so, so he's found that comfort level.
0: Right. 13. Yeah.
1: 13.
0: Oh, you, you said you're good at becoming discouraged or, or whatever you said, beating yourself up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. How, critiquing yourself. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I think, I think critiquing is good. I think overanalyzing is probably not so great. But, and that's what I have a tendency to do. What, what are you trying to say? I keep interrupting you. Uh, you've got gray hair. You've got wisdom. You're saying you would find your way. Oh yeah. Yeah. So give me ten more years. It'll be all right. All y'all probably leave here by then. By the time I get good, but y'all all you know leave. Better
4: here. Than to try to be somebody else.
0: Yeah, but that is t- that the same thing happened to me when I went down to Springfield. I I went. I was speaking on the Tuesday night, and I sat through the guy on Monday night. And I'm like, man, he's got a lot of energy, and I don't. He's sucking. He's. think you're sucking up what they're
4: saying? Yeah. You're getting something out of it. My brother. I think of my brother Richard, he started out just like you in a church and he didn't have any experience. Yeah. And he said he had an upset stomach every Sunday for years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all nervous about that. Mm-hmm. So. And Richard is still kind
0: of that quiet and laid
3: back preacher. preach. I mean, he gets a little excited, it's, but for the most part, he's, he's yeah, laid yeah. back
4: and he... Doesn't get too wound yeah. up anymore.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But I think, too, take the thing about being real and being genuine People connect with that compared to somebody
0: who tries to put on a show. Yeah, and you know. Yeah. has a Yeah. Go with it. We're not going to fake it till we make it. We're just going to just do it as it comes. Be real about it. That's me, anyway. Yeah, I think that's um, that's
2: seeking wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, it's
4: okay. That's when you're introspective and you think about what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. What, if you have a tendency to have, you know, I don't know if envy is a strong word, but, you know, when you like something that somebody else does and then you stop
0: and you think wives means whoa whoa whoa. You can't just copy everything. Yeah. You know that. so, yeah That's the wisdom process. Yeah. yeah. I kind of stopped listening to, remember, Joby Martin and the Second Timothy. I kind of forced myself to stop listening to him so that I wouldn't, like our personalities are sort of similar. And I was a little scared that if I kept listening to him when I got here that uh, I would try to mimic what he's doing, you know. And I don't want to do that. So, anyway, I'm not here. Sometimes, when, like, when you're critical of yourself, sometimes that's coming from
4: faith mm-hmm. to make you not have confidence. Yeah. Of, you know, yeah. You yeah.
0: So remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And verse five says, if you do all the things in verses one through four, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And those things through those verses are making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding, uh, calling out for insight, raising your voice for understanding and to seek wisdom uh, like silver. This seeking of knowledge is more than reading a simple devotion. Wisdom is truly seeking to understand the Word of God. We need to deepen our understanding of Scripture and go beyond reading a verse or two at a time. We might, so as I took this the last seminary class I took was called biblical hermeneutics, and hermeneutics is just understanding Scripture uh, to the best of our ability. Within the context of the whole picture and the whole chapter and the whole book and the verse itself and the culture like it's just seeking to put forth full effort to understand scripture as God intended for us to understand it and when we just read there's some devotions uh, that I've seen or read or whatever that are just fluffy you know fluffy feel good and um, nonsense kind of when when this is the book we're supposed to be reading and seeking to understand because this is the I'm not saying reading devotions is terribly wrong but if we're only reading devotions then I would say that that's probably wrong so uh maybe it, we all go through seasons and say somebody is just beginning to take their faith seriously then maybe getting on the Bible app and, and just reading the verse of the day is sufficient for a little while but as you as you as you want to start eating solid food then it's time to kind of pull away from those things and really get into the book Jay Vernon mcgee who is the author of this commentary that i'm reading and i'm going to read it i'm going to read something out of it in a little while but um he says that there is no hocus pocus way of learning the word of god there is no easy pious way of learning it there is no substitute for just digging it out and I like what he's I like how I said that there's we can't it is reading scripture is a simple thing but we have to make the effort to do it it's not just going to it's we can't put it under our pillow it's not coming to us through osmosis it's not going to come to us if you're just listening to me preach we have to do it ourselves so are you putting in the work to understand the word of god to increase in wisdom And we don't have to answer that. That's just something to think about. Are you putting in the work to understand the word of God to increase in wisdom? Now, I want Proverbs chapter six. Wow, I didn't even quote, I didn't even write the verse on here. Proverbs chapter two, verse six. To be a memory verse for us. When's the last time you remembered you you memorized a verse? Dale, when's the last time you memorized a verse? VBS back in
1: 1944.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, when I was first called uh, to be a deacon uh, one of the things we all you know to
0: being ordained we used to pick out a verse yeah and, uh, Galatians, 2 20. Galatians two twenty. You know that one? no <laughs> I will after you say it right now but I'll give it to you So Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6 is for the Lord, it's an easy one, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So the theme of the book of Proverbs, it's wisdom literature, we're reading it. To attain wisdom, and I feel like this verse is is telling us exactly what if, if this verse is sufficient, probably for the whole book. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And 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 the the thing about that last part, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. How does he speak? We think about a mouth. Well, how does a mouth speak? Or how, how do we how do we hear God? I guess is what I'm saying and it's through his word. So remember, Jay Bernard McGee says you have to dig into it. It's not just going to, it's not, it's not going to come to you from the internet. It's not going to come to you from a podcast you listen to. It, those are good supplemental things, but we have to get into the word. So try to, we're not going to, I'm not going to pick on y'all too much, but You'll get bonus points in my heart if you can remember. <laughs> For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. How many words is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We can do this. We can do this. Childlike faith. The
1: word understanding, if we look through the first few verses, that understanding is, is mentioned several times. Yet, sometimes we can get puffed up because we're full of knowledge. But knowledge isn't everything. It's not. It's just part of your the, There's the understanding. It, you know, it's great for us to memorize Bible verses. There's nothing wrong with that. But with that, we need to make sure that we're understanding that. And I just I just have this noticed because the way my Bible app is on there, It's just understanding, understanding, understanding each time. And, and that that's key to knowing God's word too. It's is. is reading
0: it, taking it in, and making sure that you get it. I just love when you memorize a verse. You don't, you might not get word for word 10 years from now, but you'll be able to look back and think, I remember in the book of Proverbs, the Lord is the one who gives the wisdom. So why is my life in complete shambles right now? How much time am I giving to God? How much time am I seeking to understand wisdom? Because I know, That wisdom comes from the Lord and understanding comes from the Lord, but I'm not participating in a relationship with the Lord. I think uh, just like uh, I was forced to memorize, I've noticed in seminary they forced you to do lots of stuff and you think, well, this is kind of ridiculous, actually, they're forcing me to do all this stuff, but... They forced us to memorize. I they didn't do a very good job because I don't remember exactly. I've said it in here a bunch of times. I think it's see the first Timothy or second Timothy four sixteen to keep a close watch on your life because people are watching, and just how profound that is. Because think about your children. Like I was listening, I was I was watching something on my phone earlier. It wasn't anything bad, fortunately, and it was turned down real low. And Parker was. Parker repeated everything the video said. Like, I didn't even know. He's in the same room. I can barely hear what's on the phone. And he's paying attention to what I'm doing, you know. And he repeated it. He repeated that I can't remember what it was. But uh, I was just like, golly, he's really watching, huh? You know? And I think people everywhere are watching, watching us, you know, especially if we claim to be a believer. So so where am I at back in a few verses ago it said we were talking about digging for treasure digging for silver you need a shovel to dig for wisdom you need the book the Bible and the word Bible comes from the Latin word Biblia which simply means book and Charles Spurgeon said this is one of my favorite quotes a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to a person that isn't It's a good one, huh? So, my point is this. If you desire biblical wisdom, pick up the book and read it. There is nothing else you can do to acquire wisdom. If you do not read, you will not understand God's will for your life. A Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. But you won't struggle to forget that one. So, through the reading of the word... He does what according to 7 and 8? Somebody read verses 7 and 8, please.
3: He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones.
0: So I have a question here. Does anyone have any examples how the wisdom of God has shaped their life in a dramatic way? Or specifically how something that you've read in Scripture has, has connected deeply in your life. I didn't write an example down. I have to stop here and think. There's many ways, but... Maybe think about it this way. How... In what ways... In what ways has the truth of Scripture... You really felt it in your life. And again, I, I should have written I mean, that. The
3: only verse that, that, I, that, I, that really sticks out to me and one that I held up to, and I always refer back to this because it's pretty much what my life was, was as a single parent, um, where it you know, tells us you know not to worry about what we're going to eat, where we're going to live, what we're going to wear, um, because God cares... Much more for us than he did for the birds of the air. Um, so just hanging on to that verse, on that promise from God that He's going to take care of us, regardless, um, you know, of our our needs—not our wants, but our needs. Um, on more than one occasion, He met our daily needs. Um, for me and my kids, um well, years back. You know, Many times in between paychecks when it was like, like, how am I going to feed these kids? You know, I hear a knock at the door. And at the door, no one's there, but there's bags of groceries on the steps. Mm-hmm. That
0: one that rings true in my life, and it sounds sort of depressing, uh, is narrow is the path to righteousness and broad is the gate to destruction. So as not to be discouraged when people don't come to faith, you know, we want people to come to faith in Jesus, but the biblical truth is that not everybody will. So we shouldn't lose motivation or 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 um, we shouldn't lose our zeal when we feel like, how come people aren't getting it? Well, narrow is the path to righteousness, broad is the gate of destruction. He said it, so it must be true, you know. Kind of, it's a it's a sad one, but it's a true one. Any others? Barb, will you read nine,
3: ten, and eleven? Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be a pleasant will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you.
0: If you when I read those three verses I one word came to my mind is there any words like one word or a few words that come to your mind as you read read those for wisdom will come into your heart specifically ten and low for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul discretion will watch over you understanding will guard you is there any word that pops out to you as you read those verses yeah. Well, it's not my word. The word that I'm thinking of is not in these. In in these.
3: Protection.
0: Anything else? Mine also starts with a P. That's close to close to mine. Discretion. Discretion. Any others?
3: Personal.
0: Understand? Mine, when I read 10 and 11, it, it just was peace. Like, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. So, like, if we think about biblical wisdom shaping our lives, the point of wisdom is to protect ourselves from the danger you know, well, it's not, it, God is trying to protect us from the dangers of the world by avoiding temptations of the world and um, foolish things. That's a peaceful thing. Like, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Like, it just, I don't know, peace just jumped out at me as I read those two verses. I just wondered if, what you all thought about that. So, well, let's see, 12, 13, 15, or 12 through 15, I mean. Delivering you from the way of evil from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. I don't know why I struggle with that word today. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways, and I don't know why this happened, but... As I was reading these things, you know, it says it's talking about men here, but my mind went to Taylor Swift for some reason. I don't know why, but I have a note. I I wrote here: In the world, we look up to people, people who fit the mold of men described in verses 13 through 15. And Taylor Swift is not a man, but why does the world look up to these kinds of people? Or maybe she considers herself a man. I don't know. You never know anymore. Because these kind, why? Why does the world look up? To these kinds of people, because these kinds of people are fulfilling. And this is not, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, continue to be a Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> but I think the reason she jumped into my, <laughs> I think the reason she jumped into my mind is because people are going just ah, nuts about her. And I'm like, why? I, her music's not even good. I don't know. Or maybe it is. I don't listen to it, but... So why do people look up to these kind of people? Because these kinds of people are fulfilling the desires of our own hearts. Our hearts are crooked and broken, and we see this worldly success in people, and sometimes we desire it. We see people like Taylor Swift acquire wealth and attention and love and uh, other things, and we can have a tendency to desire these things as well. So, as I was thinking about this Taylor Swift, I don't know why. I don't know why she's the one that popped out, but.
3: I mean, it describes her
0: really, 13 through 15. Yeah, <laughs> forsake the path of uprightness, and she's not doing. It's, it's not. It's all. Of them. It's not like she's doing anything like radically evil. It's just <clears throat> all the glory is coming <clears throat> to her, right? So um, that is evil, is it not? If we're, if we're, if she's not intentionally doing evil things. I don't think she's. <laughs> it's just a. Taylor Swift is the human heart on steroids. You know, it's, I'm going to get up here and do this song and dance and people are going to give me all this attention and I'm going to get all this money and I want this money. And this is, that's our heart. That's our worldly heart, you know. Again, if there's $10 million out in the grass out here, who of us is not going to go dig for it? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Jimmy Walton back there, tell him to bring me a backhoe probably. But it just made me think like, the ridiculousness of the human heart. So think about someone like Taylor Swift. She seems to be getting the most attention in the world at the moment. People, especially young people, invest a lot of time, energy, and resources into people like Taylor Swift. And people like Taylor Swift are, and ourselves sometimes are mining for worldly treasures, not wisdom that comes from God. And I just, as I... <laughs> I spent way too much time in the past couple days thinking about Taylor Swift, but uh,
4: they say she takes good care of her people and she pays them good. Yeah, I think I've heard this. She's positive in a lot of ways. Yeah, I've heard this. Writes her own music like you. There's been a lot of talk about her lately, and I listened to one of her songs the other day, and I'm like, okay,
0: you (laughs) know. I pulled some lyrics for us. And this song, this these lyrics come from Wildest Dreams. And again, I'm sorry if this is your favorite song. You can keep listening. You can keep listening, to Taylor Swift. Actually, seek the wisdom of the Lord and whether or not you should be listening, to Taylor Swift. Here's some lyrics. And I got to say, okay, I'm just going to read it. He said, let's get out of this town. Uh, can you sing it? Can anybody sing it? I'm just kidding. That was a joke. He said, let's get out of this town. Drive out of the city away from the crowds. I thought, heaven can't help me now. Well, that's not true. Nothing lasts forever. Well, that's not true. But this is going to take me down. He's so tall and handsome as hell. He's so bad, but he does it so well. And people's minds just melt when they get to go to the concerts and they're spending a $1,000 on the tickets and it's taken away all the attention from the Chiefs fans because she's showing up at the games. Is that still happening?
1: Yes. <laughs> and then he showed up in
0: Argentina. Yeah. So all of this just made me think, like, think about, think about the nature of the world. Think about the little girls and the grown women and sometimes even the grown men who Are crying on the TV screen because they get to touch <laughs> shoulders of Taylor Swift. What do y'all have in it? It's
1: the thought of somebody crying in <laughs> person.
0: Well, that's it. But, like, it's, it's, like, like, it's like the Beatles, and she's kind of become an idol. She's a huge
1: idol. Yeah. So, a huge idol. You no, know,
0: she wants to be an idol. Basically, yes. she's
1: yes. being worshiped. Yes. Like the Beatles or
0: Elvis. Or- yep. So, think about. Now
1: that their pencil turns out, I and mean, then I think about. Whitney Houston, yeah, youth boys so famous back in the eighties and nineties. And she was dead before she was 60.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and you just think.
0: That, well, same same with like Michael Jackson, you yeah.
1: I mean, they were at the they were at the top. They were at the top. You couldn't. Yeah. You know, she sang the national anthem and at the Super Bowl and. it, it Made a whole big thing. You, to, you know, I remember that being such
0: a big deal. And then, less well, than probably two decades, she's dead. Did anybody ever see that Tom Brady was on 60 Minutes after he won his like third or fourth, of, I don't know how many Super Bowls he won, but he said, you know, I've won, I've I've done it all. I've, I've acquired all the money, and I've won these games. I'm. You know, I'm a champion. And he said, but there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more to life than this. And there is. It's wisdom from God is what is more to life than this. But um, so think about the little girls and grown women and sometimes even men crying on the TV because they got to touch the garment of someone like Taylor Swift, and she's just a woman that sings about worldly nonsense, as we just read a moment ago. What if people treated wisdom from the Lord the same way? We see people, and we do see this, we see people crying out out in desperation to God for things, but it's way easier to turn on the TV and find thousands and thousands of people that are dialed in to worldly idols i think that video called it folly okay wisdom is what we're seeking after and folly is the opposite foolishness and and i think we can all see the foolishness of idolizing taylor swift or inner whatever the thing is the money the 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 fame the attention all of these things are folly
3: and i think in one of the upcoming proverbs that within the first night it and uh, kind of dresses folly as a woman who adorns herself and makes herself, you know, attractive and enticing. So, and that's that's what all this world does it entices us to pull us away from the godly wisdom.
0: Mm-hmm. So, my question, based off all that Taylor Swift talk, was. What would the church look like if people reacted to Jesus the same way they react to their idols? And that can, that that can that goes for us at times too.
4: I think of that when you when you turn on the World Series or football games. And, yeah, and you buy all the clothes and the gear and, and you know money spent for tickets and mm-hmm. just yeah, all that's an idol and it's a distraction. And, it's not bad in itself, <laughs> but then again, it, you know, if that's what you think about, that's what your your heart's longing for, to watch games and, mm-hmm. and things like that, Then you're not seeking wisdom.
3: Well, if we seek it the way well, what just has, it would be one heck of a revival. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we put that much effort into our relationship with God and seeking God, you know, on that level that we do with other things in our lives, it would be one heck of a revival Mm -hmm. if we served him with that sort of enthusiasm.
0: Yep.
4: If you're looking at an idol or whatever, you're I don't know, you're not examining yourself. Maybe, you know, it's such a distraction that you never really stop to think about yourself and your relationship with the Lord. and I mean, you're causing us to stop thinking to do that comparison, but you
0: know. Yeah, I don't have this question written down, and it would be a, it's, it would take a severe amount of honesty, but w- what's the biggest, we all have idols, whether we realize it or not. Is anybody willing to share what their biggest would be? Or, or it's going to take a couple seconds to figure that out, if you haven't thought about it ever, but many for me are, uh, are just comfort comfort and I'm not talking about like luxury I just mean like you get used to the you get used to comfortable routines uh, and you get fearful when you step away from those comfortable routines like I guess the biggest bit of discomfort for me lately was the all the, all that flying To that's why I hate flying because it takes my comfort away while well, I'm comfortable sitting in the Lazy Boy over there at the Parsonage and I'm comfortable walking over here I'm fairly comfortable walking over here and doing this but to willingly sign up to go sit on that plane for the glory of God bothers me you know that's a comfort is a huge idol I don't want to do that. Oh, this trip's going to cost lots of money. I I don't know. You know? So comfort would be one for me. A big one. Taylor Swift is not one for me. (laughs) But otherworldly music is. I listen, like when I go to the gym, sometimes I'm listening to some straight-up nonsense that I don't need to be listening to. So... (laughs) I can be honest in that. Y'all aren't the only one listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> Does anybody have any idols? Y'all don't have any idols? Heather, do you have any idols? She says just you, honey. Mine can be improved. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, BJ and I have this conversation I
4: think
1: last week is there was, there's so many times that I'm just constantly seeking his approval. Well, I guess it's really his attention. Maybe it's intention. I, I can make an idol. I don't know, it's, it's sort of an odd thing and I have to realize that I'm seeking too much attention or approval yeah. or something.
0: I think sometimes our emotions are a huge idol. Like I need to feel a certain way in this, when I say something to somebody mm-hmm. and they don't react a certain way, I let it affect my life. Well, that's an idol. That, that trying to receive some sort of emotion from somebody like and letting it ruin train wreck your life like if i say something nice to heather and she doesn't say something nice in return i don't know it's hard to make yeah expectations especially emotional ones yeah I better get moving because we're running out of time to have this business menu. Verses 16 through 19 are a warning to avoid women that don't belong to you uh we all know who does and does not belong to us relationally and we shouldn't flirt in relationships or situations that are not ours nothing good can come from this nothing at all and this kind of trap could start as innocent talking or texting and then turn into complete chaos in a matter of days and my good friend on the the tv screen from jacksonville says flee don't flirt Jody martin says flee don't flirt and that goes for all sin not just Sexual temptation that you know, if 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 I don't know, if uh, whatever, if if drugs are your thing, flee from that, don't flirt with it, flee from that, and then 20 verses 20 through 22. Say so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted of it. So God, God wants us to seek after wisdom because that is His design. It's the safe, you know. He tells us to do certain things because He loves us and He's trying to protect us and He wants us to avoid the dangers of the world and. Uh, The wisdom spoken about in, in Proverbs is a call to do good and a posture to follow the light or the good things that God provides and to avoid the wretchedness or brokenness of the world. So why is God charging us so greatly in these opening chapters of Proverbs? Because he loves us and he wants to protect us and keep us from encountering danger. So... Uh, I I just wanted to read this because you look at this, you look at this fancy, you know, this is a very elegant um, commentary, and Mary Harold gave this to me, and I was reading it today, and the last paragraph of this uh, says, in our contemporary culture, when sex without marriage is accepted behavior, we are finding that venereal disease is reaching epidemic proportions. When I was a young fellow, I belonged to an organization whose leader was a very fine doctor. He called in a group of us fellows because he saw that we were doing a great deal of running around. He said he just wanted to have a friendly talk with us. Well, he scared the daylights out of me People today say that we don't want to frighten our young people. Well, I thank God for what that doctor told us and for the fact that he did scare us. And that is exactly what the writer here in Proverbs is doing. He warns the young man about the evil man and the strange woman. So I just, you read this, you know, you don't expect to see venereal disease in this fancy, elegant book, but... That's exactly what God's doing. He's he's warning us of the dangers and the temptation of the world. And we we have two choices. We either listen or we don't. And sometimes we listen and we still fail. But um, God's mercies are new every day. And if we're following him, then we'll be all right. So I just thought I'd read that. I think this book was... I think this book came out of the 70s. I just kind of got a chuckle out of that last paragraph. So I wanted to share that with y'all. One of Jay
4: Vernon's Burton, uh, statements was always, when the rubber meets the road.
0: When, is he still alive, huh? no. how No. When, about when was he thriving? In the 70s and 80s? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. And I think you
4: still hear him on the radio.
0: But... Yeah. Okay, we got to get out of here. Uh, Troy, uh, not Troy, Uh, Dave Pratt's having that procedure tomorrow to electrify his heart back into rhythm. I guess he's got, uh, what's that called? Yeah. I talked to him on the phone tonight, and he seemed to be at peace about it. I don't think it's like a real... Pretty common procedure, I guess. I Yeah. Did it make you feel better after, I guess? Yeah. makes
1: your heart feel right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So I called him and we prayed together tonight just that he would, that this would go well for him and that he feels normal again after and has energy and all that. So just be. He
3: has a Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. He said he thinks he's probably been dealing with it for like six months and didn't realize it, you know. for
1: several years before our first Yeah. Any other prayer? Just pray that it
0: stays
4: in rhythm once because some folks still do that, and then it goes right back. Oh, yeah. It kicks and mm-hmm. It's wrong. That's it. Well, what if they get it back? Usually they can find a medication that will keep it from going. But if you know, they it, it just keep it getting
1: the medication right and
0: yeah. Okay. Any other prayer requests? Those children are having fun, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Joy. She doesn't want to hear any children right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're really proper. Oh, no, you think so? <laughs> There's a little bit of gray hair in that room, but uh maybe those kids need to come in here where where we are
2: (laughs) no no i think they need to go to the basement actually woodrow has what (laughs) Mm.
0: we went to kelly today to the school and uh we served lunch there and I had a meeting there at 12 so I was there at 10:30 and I was there again at 12:30 and a lot of people saw me there and said thanks you know I think that I think that's probably going to end up making a pretty big impact at that place you know among those teachers and stuff. it's If you've ever been in school I mean some of you may have worked in school buildings or what but it's uh, it's stressful being do you think about those kids? think about doing that all day long for your whole career I think those teachers probably get quite discouraged so um and in that FRC meeting that family resource meeting um it I know you all bought those coats or whatever but they they put on the paper that Bellevue Baptist Church did and that's good to, for 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 people to see uh, that we, I wrote them a letter I wrote the school a letter. Every time we go over there, I write a letter. And, and this one said, whether you whether you all Kelly Elementary realize it or not, we are partnered together with. Uh, love for this community you know our goal is to to love these children and this community well and that's a that's a partnership so um yeah i think i think i'm glad that we're doing what we're doing over there and i think it's going to be good so anything else james will probably kick us out here in a second thank you be doing any better, or
4: what? doctor's
1: Yeah, he's kind of running the yeah, we've heard of time. He didn't run out He ran out of He ran out
4: of He ran out
1: of of time. He of time. He of
3: time. He of time. of
0: all right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that um, Mark and Elizabeth are out there with those kids, and we are not. And I, but I'm grateful that those children are in this church, and I'm, I'm grateful that they find comfort in being here on Wednesday nights. And we never know what's going on in the life of a child or in a family, and this could be a safe haven for somebody out there. Um, and we're just grateful that you've led everybody that's in this church tonight to this place, including myself. And Heather and uh, I just pray that we remain a healthy gospel centered church and that we seek your wisdom as the book of Proverbs outlines and I just want to lift up Dave Pratt to you and and Woodrow and John Scott and everybody else that we've prayed for health concerns father you know you know the needs and um, you know that we want them to get better we want all these people to get better but you have a plan and all things and and just allow us to come alongside these folks in this time of need and just love them well and and just encourage them. And let's pray that everything goes well at the business meeting tonight, and I pray that everything goes well on Sunday here when we come back together. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.